Hi, everybody. Pastor David here. Thanks for joining me here on Take a Knee. All right. Tell you what, let's play a game. Let's have a little fun today to start our time off with a little fun. Here we go. Let's play a game. I've got 10 questions for you, and it's multiple choice. So here we go. Number one, what is true about global warming? I mean, global cooling, or actually what they say is climate change. A, it's true. Can't you see it change every three months? B, it's a psyop to usher in a one world government. C, it's true. The earth is going to burn or freeze or something within 10 years. Better just let everyone in the Northeast freeze or everyone in the South die of heat exhaustion. And D, I have no idea whether it's true or not. What's the newest disaster? Number two, our elections have never been more free and honest. A, true. President Biden said so. B, false. Former President Trump said so. And C, can you repeat the question? I'm filling out my second ballot. Number three, the Bible is A, a book of stories that some guys made up to control mankind. B, the Bible used to be true, but it isn't anymore. C, it's complicated. I'm still waiting for my religion teacher to get that part in the syllabus. And D, the Bible is a gift from God. It is to be interpreted literally unless figures of speech, such as metaphor and symbols, direct otherwise. Number four. Do you agree that a person who destroys an eagle egg or a sea turtle egg should go to prison? A. Yes. Throw away the key. B. No. I think we should be able to take them and eat them. C. Only if we can throw the human fetus in there to show that human life is just as precious. Number five, should we have dropped the atomic bombs on Japan? No, 70,000 people died and many thousands more were maimed for life. B, yes, we shouldn't drop them on ourselves to cause societal confusion, lockdown, and political control. C, yes, 70,000 plus lives saved millions of American lives if the war had continued. And D, no. We should have dropped puppies. That would have surely done the trick. Number six, I believe actors and musicians have a better understanding of life. A, sure, I would believe anyone who made a living acting like someone else. B, of course, they're rich. C, no, I don't watch TV, movies, or listen to music, ever. And D, no, many of them eventually develop emotional problems leading to addiction, self-harm, and multiple marriages. Better call Paul. Number seven, should parents have something to say regarding what their children are taught in school? A, no. Parents have no idea what it takes to raise a child or what they will need to succeed in life. B, yes, as long as they don't ask about the curriculum that involves a child's identity, race, or reproductive potential. And C, yes, every aspect of what my child is taught, I should know and be allowed to question, comment, or protest if need be. No one is more capable of knowing and leading their children than parents. Number eight, should we keep the Constitution and just amend it as needed? No, it's old. We all know that old is bad. B, no, no one should have any personal rights. Everything should be considered with the common good in mind, especially for those who say what that common good is. And C, yes, the Founding Fathers understood thousands of years of political oppression and created a miraculous idea, wholly useful for a Christian society. Freedom is biblical, 
The goal is for every man, woman, and child to be free as long as their freedom does not oppress or steal another's freedoms. And number nine, if Jesus were alive today, his choice of footwear would be A, hey dudes, not good for long walks though. B, Crocs. If anyone were capable of wearing ugly shoes and not being self-conscious, it would be Jesus. And C, Jesus would have worn jeans, a polo, and boat shoes for sure. And D, sandals. Come on, don't you read the Bible? And then our final question in Let's Play a Game, number 10. Was this test stupid? Yes, you should never share your opinion on things that make me or other people uncomfortable. B, yes, I could use a puppy right now. Or C, no, I enjoy satire and tongue-in-cheek humor, especially if it exposes the nonsense of liberals, globalists, and cancer culture wokesters in need of Jesus. Well, there you go, folks. There's your little play a game. You can go through and listen back and perhaps make the choices, and we'll see how you come out. Obviously, I'm having a little bit of fun, and you know some of the things that I talk about here in our podcast that we get into a little bit of the culture and things that are going on. Now, I do want to say this as we continue into our show here, is that recently, I think you know about the shootings there in Nashville and the situation there, and it's just absolutely heartbreaking. And we should be in prayer for those families. In fact, I know of someone who had a relationship with one of the families that were affected by that. And so it's amazing how small of a world we really live in when it comes to tragedies like this. What really makes the whole thing worse is how the mainstream media is trying to twist this thing into someone's fault. You know, it's always going to be someone's fault, except for the person who actually, you know, committed the crime. And because they were killed, it's hard for us to really know what was all fully motivated behind it. But again, terrible. And we should be in prayer for those families. Three adults, three children, just a travesty. So I'll be praying about that. What I wanted to talk about here today was about the difference as we look at the culture, as we think about what's going on in the world today as Christians, it is definitely a challenge. And because we're negotiating waters that are different. You know, I know the Bible says that there is nothing new under the sun, Ecclesiastes. And so when we talk about that, clearly they didn't have computers back in the days of Solomon. They didn't have vehicles and all the different kind of technologies that we have, or maybe we did, maybe we didn't. No one really knows. But the truth of the matter is, is that the sin, the motivation, the passions, the anger, the jealousy, the manipulations, the control, the taking of human lives, and of course, the rebellion against the creator, have always been there, have always existed from the fall of man. And so that is what really Solomon is talking about, that there's nothing new under the sun. We're talking about that man and his propensity to be evil without God is common to every generation, every culture, every kind. And so we see it, you know, in this world and its brokenness and its fallen, cursed state. But of course, Jesus came and he busted through time and space. And as he was sent to the earth, you can almost feel the displacement of air as 
the angel came and met with Mary and told her what it was getting ready to take place and how she just embraced it. Because obviously God chose her because of her faith and her sentiment and her openness to the work of God. She was chosen by God, the perfect vessel to bring forth the Son of God. And of course, he was birthed normally. He suffered as any human being would have suffered. He cried real tears, ate real food, lived among men under the favor of God, and obeyed his parents until that time came when he was released into his ministry at the age of 30. And Jesus began to preach when he embraced the prophet Isaiah's calling and description of how the Messiah would be launched into ministry. As it was being fulfilled, he said, this calling is being fulfilled in your hearing. I'm him. And so, of course, everybody's scratching their head to say, well, wait a minute, we knew you grew up among us. But then clearly Jesus, in his words, in his ways, the miracles, signs and wonders, proved over and over again that he was indeed the one. He was the Messiah, the Son of God. And he was God, as John clearly would write. And so what did Jesus say? And we've said this on this podcast over and over again, and it never gets old, that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. And when we focus on truth, again, I wanted to just opine and and talk about this a little bit more so that as you're listening to me, that for those who are listening and have been faithful and, and following me, you know what my train of thought has been. You've followed me and we've joined together arm in arm in being defenders of biblical truth. So you understand where I'm coming from here, that I'm continuing to try to hold up a wall against this culture that is just pushing more and more into what they are going to call, and this is what I really wanted to bring to the surface here today before we're finished, is the difference between truth and propaganda. So just to tell you a quick story. You know, when the pandemic first came on the scene, I was, of course, you know, I was like everyone else. Oh, wow. You know, I'm living in a time where they've always said that mankind could be destroyed through an infectious disease, which is why we always had vaccinations. Matter of fact, I was reading recently about a whole city in Michigan that diphtheria had taken out in two waves and the city's no longer there. All that's left is a couple of broken down buildings in a graveyard. And these were the people that used to live in this little village. Diphtheria wiped them out. And so we know that diphtheria, that's one of the vaccines that children get. And so we have been able to wipe out diseases. And so when this all came at first, none of us were of the mindset that this could have had any bad thoughts in mind, that it was methodical in its evil intent. And so I was like everyone. But the more and more I began to read and listen to mainstream media, and I would listen to others, and I began to just kind of take it all in. I began to sense in my spirit, as I prayed and brought it to God, that something was up, that something didn't smell right. It wasn't passing the smell test. That's what I would say. But what did John say? John said, test the spirits. Test the spirits. And this requires really one of the gifts of the Spirit called discernment. And because I believe the gifts are for today, that these are things that God gives us, that we can have this wonderful discernment of being able to recognize, is this a lie? Is this someone trying to manipulate me? Is there control involved in this? And we're kind of beginning to sniff it out. In fact, we're involved in something right now that we're kind of 
beginning to wonder, okay, how much of this is true when it comes to the church? And yet, when I looked at this whole thing, I began studying doctors. I began looking at those who were authorities on the topic. And what really didn't sit well with me is that virologists and people that were trustworthy in making commentary regarding pandemics and viruses and vaccines, people that had their whole life dedicated to creating vaccines, saying something is not right, something looks wrong with all of this. And of course, I tended to believe, I'm not a person that just said, okay, it doesn't smell right, doesn't feel right, you know, this is a demonic thing. No, it was like, no, I'm listening to all the voices. And I did, I asked people that I trusted, people that were influenced by these kind of things. And still, one of the things that came back to me was, no, David, this is not true. This is propaganda. And that word was thrown at me really for the first time. I knew what propaganda was, you know, having studied history, and especially during World War II, when Propaganda really kind of came on the scene with communication and narrative warfare, special ops of being able to deceive the enemy into thinking one thing when you're really doing another. Of course, it's not new. During the Civil War, they did the same thing. They had logs painted to look like cannons, especially the South would try to make the North think that they had more cannons than they really. I mean, so this kind of thing has been around for a long time, deception. In fact, Stonewall Jackson would have his men march around in a circle in front of the enemy to give the impression the troops that were being installed and coming in were 10 times more than what they really were. Again, deception and propaganda, telling half-truths and lies to get the enemy to think one thing. And so I was being told that a lot of what was being said was propaganda. And so what really is crazy is in the world that we live in right now, that that is the deal. That is kind of the takedown of what might be potentially truth. Is it just painted over with this false coding that it's propaganda? And if you think about it, that's kind of the way the world looks at the Bible, don't they? That's the way they look at the words of Jesus. If they believe that Jesus existed at all, then they would say that man, as I was saying in my little tongue-in-cheek test there, that man has kind of come to the conclusion that these words are not really truth. They're propaganda. They're trying to push a moralism or a legalism that in the end will, in a fascist sort of way, control mankind to get them all to do what they want them to do. And yet that even in itself is a lie because that's not what the Bible even purports. It's not what it teaches. We know that the moral law was given to us because God loved his people and he wanted to protect his people. And it's so proven by a lot of the moral laws that actually went into almost scientific type things. I was, I was sharing with my family this morning, so many of those things like washing your hands and cleansing laws and burying your dead bodies outside the camp and all the different things, you know, that were not embraced by the rest of the world and pagan cultures. And so people would die of cholera because they buried their bodies upstream and then the dead body would get the bacteria in the water and it would kill people. And so there were things that were in the Bible that were true, that God was protecting his people, not only physically, but also spiritually, morally. And so that's a lie altogether to think that it was just propaganda, that people are just making this stuff up. And so to take the brush of propaganda and begin painting over the gospel is what the world is really doing here today. So it discolors, it covers the truth. They say, no, 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 that's not true. And yet, you know what? The enemy is the master of propaganda. 
And so if you think about it, it is an absolute tool of the enemy today, whether it be natural or human being or flesh and blood, as Paul says, or supernatural or spiritual, like what Paul would also say, spiritual forces in the heavenlies, that we could use this kind of language to try to discourage people, confuse people, so they don't know the truth. And so when I was asking questions about the pandemic, and it shot back at me that all of these people that were doubting it were just propagandists. And then I asked the question, why? What did they have to gain? Because anyone who is going to use propaganda is going to have a reason. They're going to have a very selfish reason. They're going to have a strategic reason, at very least. But often what we see today, right, it's, it's always about the money. And that's the thing. When money starts getting exchanged, when there's billions of dollars going back and forth, you can believe that a lot of propaganda is going to get thrown around or when people discover what the truth is, they're just going to paint it with propaganda. But let me just give you a little hint here, or a little idea, and it'll be essentially what I'm going to share today, is that if you are a believer, if you've given your life to Christ and the Holy Spirit dwells inside you and you're filled with the Spirit, then this gift of discernment is going to help you. And one of the things that surprises me is that even people who say they're filled with the Spirit, who know Christ, can be easily deceived. And a lot of times that doorway is through pride, arrogance, through fear, intimidation, and of course, greed. It's going to involve a lot of money. And so people are going to use whatever they can to protect what they've invested both their mind and their life in, or what even may threaten their future financial empire. And whenever those things start to get touched, one of the weapons of the enemy is to paint over truth, call them lies, or to just say propaganda. That's the newest little fad. So I want you to pay a close attention to that. I'm trying to help you to see that when you see people throwing that word around, you really need to ask the first question, and that is, well, what does the person using propaganda stand to gain? Okay, what do they stand to gain? If all they're trying to do is help people not do something that would hurt them, well, it sounds like to me that they've got good motives, that they have nothing to gain personally, now, are they wanting to write a book about what they have done? I mean, in some cases, they're going to get some self-aggrandizement along the way. And some of that we have caught in our independent news peoples, you know, that you find out that they're pushing some really harebrained ideas. You've heard some of them, that they're going to wipe out all dead and going to start all over, that this great reset they keep talking about is only going to be good for everyone, as we're told, that we'll own nothing and be happy. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trusting a person that does not believe in God. I'm trusting a person who has everything to gain and, for me, everything to lose. So, again, we use our brain. We use this understanding of discernment. Well, go back to what I was saying before. When you hear something and you see propaganda thrown at it, first of all, you question, okay, what do they have to gain? Second of all, to begin digging in and finding out, maybe do a little research on that person and find out, okay, what do they stand to gain? And if you find out they don't stand to gain really anything, then perhaps what they are is a small voice in a storm 
trying to warn us of something. And boy, boy, oh boy, have there been those kind of voices throughout time in history, and especially over the last three years, of those who are trying to warn us. Did you know that God doesn't do anything, this is biblical, until he has revealed it to the prophets? In other words, we're going to be warned of things that are coming, whether it be in scripture or perhaps even those who move prophetically with visions and dreams, spiritual dreams, warnings, cautions, and a sense that comes by the Holy Spirit. And you're going to see those kind of things. Not saying I'm a prophet at all, but I believe that every Christian has the ability to discern and to know and to be able to know and test the spirits. We're encouraged to do that. We're empowered to do that. And then we can also walk in it very pragmatically as we live our lives. So I want to encourage you and to finish with this, that again, we come back to what is truth. We have really nothing in this world to really trust when you begin to feel and sense how much that greed and manipulation is in control and how the, the, the Babylonian system, which is our financial system, the fiat system, all the other stuff that's going on, that we are in a deficit. But with the Spirit of God and with the Word of God. You know, Paul says that we have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And I love the fact that that's the illustration. It is a sword. We're able to cut. What does it say there in Hebrews? It divides between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, the ability to discern what it is that is going on that's taking place, to be able to sense when a person has an ill motive or that is reacting, that is broken, that is using lies and manipulation to control. Can we know this? Yes. And can we find even good people who are being deceived? Yes. And yet the Bible even makes room for that to say, you know what? We need to keep each other accountable. And there are times when people challenge me, whether it be my wife or my friends or elders or other pastors, there are times when we have to challenge people to say, even experts, even experts to say, I'm sorry, I believe you've been deceived. And you know what? In the end, you're a good person. I know you know your stuff. I don't pretend. I don't go walking into your business and tell you how to run your business. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a virologist. You know, I am a person who trusts God and knows and can sense and feel the truth. And what I sense is that you've believed a lie and that sometimes you think it's propaganda when in reality, it actually might be the truth. And when we come to that place is when we have to sow the greatest amount of humility. And humility is the key to embracing biblical truth. It always is. It always will be. And so, my friend, as we finish today, I started with that test. And I know that probably may have stirred you up. Maybe it caused you to laugh a little bit. Maybe got you angry. I don't know. But either way, when you think about topics today, when you think about what you're taught, you know what? The Bible is our foundation. It is the sword of the Spirit. It will divide between that which is demonic, that which is untrue, and separate it right down like a scalpel and be able to pull out the truth, even in the midst of the most difficult and dark things and lies and manipulations. And what does the Bible say? It says, in the last days, there'll be these incredible things that the beast and the Antichrist will be able to perform. 
and it will deceive many, many people. It even says in the book of Revelation that all of the people of the earth will be deceived. Lord, help us. May these be times where we as believers can discern the truth and, Lord, divide between soul and spirit joint and marrow, to know what is propaganda, what is truth, and to know when the enemy is trying to discolor and change truth. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you, God, for your spirit, that you're able to help us test the spirits. And may we continue to do so, Lord, with confidence and boldness. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. 